I'm Lisa Dumas, therapeutic yoga educator. And I'm Amy Pruitt, a registered nurse, a yoga teacher, and I own a yoga studio. And this is the Radiant Warrior Podcast, where we offer skills, inspirations, stories, and guests to help us live a life of purpose, contentment, and self-worth. Our intention is to share how our practices support us in our contemporary lives and help us to reclaim our courageous hearts. Hi, Amy. Hi, Lisa. This is the first chance we've had to record in a few weeks because of just the reality of things that have been going on with our schedules and our lives. How are things in Columbus? I'm, I'm seeing your beloved city in the news. Yes, we have been in the news, just like so many cities around the United States and around the world. I have lost track of the number of days now. It's, I think, 18 days of protests. Um, that have gone on in our city. And like so many cities around the world, we have just the whole spectrum of protests. We've had big protests and little protests and protests in the, on the Capitol building and in the suburbs. And, and it's been just amazing to watch this movement, um, the energy behind it, the people who are showing up the discussions that are being had because of it and it's been really something yes we've been watching here from canada and here in vancouver we've also had our own peaceful protests um, standing in solidarity with the black lives matter movement it is encouraging to see that it is continuing and that it seems like real change and reform is happening yes it's too late and will likely never be enough in our lifetime, but it is so encouraging. Even the simple idea of voting. I know for me, there have been plenty of elections that I have just let, you know, slip by me because it wasn't a presidential election. Having a light shown on the importance of how important your local elections are to, to that your local election you know, elects the mayor who maybe hires the chief of police. And in my area, our local election elects the sheriff for the county and things that I never thought about that I did have a say in that, that maybe I didn't use my vote for and how important those votes can be to change policy and change the law and change the culture of your local government with your local police department or your local law enforcement, you know, who sits on your city council and what policies they make. So even for me, it has, it has brought to light so many things, you know, that I didn't think could be connected to racism that even if I didn't vote in my local election, how I'm perpetuating maybe systemic racism in our law enforcement. So much learning happening right now. So much learning and so much unlearning. Yeah, it's incredibly heartening to feel that awakening. And you know, our our path is the spiritual practice where we use our contemplative reflective practices to dismantle beliefs that hold us back. But you don't hear a lot about dismantling the racial biases that we come with, you know, based on what was passed down to us from our ancestors and that's also something that I've been thinking about a lot within myself and within my communities and having this definite understanding that 
no, all lives can't matter until Black lives matter. Seeing policy changes and getting educated so much has to be reformed. And, you know, I'm proud of you, Amy, because your thoughtfulness also led to some system reforms just in the company that you own in Columbus. And I think that's an important thing to share, you know, to, to give some ideas to small businesses. I read somewhere recently, you know, it feels like these companies and these brands are, are making statements and they're um, saying what they stand for. And I firmly back them. I firmly back them. But I also believe that behind that statement has to be action and action takes official policy and action takes like required education. And so I can say in my studio that Black Lives Matter, I can say that as a business owner, but I have to back it up with actual policy and with actual education. And and so I formed a, a council for the studio that is chaired by someone other than me, because I am a white woman who has grown up in the suburbs of Columbus. I don't have that lived experience of being on the end of racism. I can stand for, I can be anti-racism and I can believe that racism is wrong, but I don't have that lived experience. And so I should not be the one who is at the forefront of creating policy. I need to support the policy, but the policy needs to come from a collective mind, not just my mind, but a collective mind. And so I created this um, council or committee that's chaired by someone other than me. They are all paid for their time. I don't believe in, in asking anyone to work for free. And then our council at the studio will um, review required education for our staff and our, for te- and for our teachers about social justice and inclusivity. The council will review feedback from our community. And another part that was really important to me was this council will decide where we donate our money. As a business, we have always said yes when somebody asked for a donation or a donation class or for us to donate our time. And when reviewing where we donated our time and money last year, it felt very white, for lack of a better word. Not that it's it's an excuse. It was who asked us you know, who approached us, but I think we have to do better. And by doing better means we go out and seek opportunities to donate our time and money. We don't wait for people to come ask us. And so I, that was an important part of, of creating this committee was to review who, um, and where we donate our time and money. So it's, it's a small thing that we're doing, but I feel like it, it's the right thing to do. And it feels like, racism is institution is in our institutions and it is systemic, then we also have to, in our institutions, create policy that is anti-racist. So in my business, that's one thing that we're doing. Thank you for sharing that because actions are so much more important than statements and words. And, you know, you mentioned it being a small thing, but I think it has to start on that individual level as well, which may not feel like enough, but that's where it has to start. And it makes me think of this conversation that my family had with our 18-year-old daughter. And 
you know, she wanted to talk about it with us and she's been talking about it with her peers. And she's been noticing that a lot of her peers have been posting in solidarity of the movement on social media. And she was just wondering about that and asking, you know, if we thought that was performative. And we were saying that social media, by definition, first of all, is performative. And she wondered if what the most valuable thing we could do is to have conversations as a family about what we have learned about racism and what that means to our lives. And I, I was, I, I loved having that conversation. And these are conversations that you and I have been having together that I've been having with my family as this work unfolds around the world, but then each of us as individuals. And, you know, it's our responsibility to unravel the biases that we come with. Yeah. And how do we do that? I think we're being asked to be educated. It is such a privilege for us to learn about the rampant effects of racism through documentaries and movies and books. Like that's a privilege to learn about it by almost being voyeuristic. And as you say, not having the lived experience, you know, since this movement um, arrived years ago, I've been thinking a lot about this idea of privilege based on the color of your skin. And I think about it in every day of my life, especially in times of travel and the experience that I have in an airport mm-hmm. and how easy it is for me to move through security and all of that. And I notice that it's not easy for everybody. And I think it's just the the noticing you know, as you move through your life, what is easy for you? And is some of that just based on the way that we look? As a white woman, I don't have any, a fear if I get pulled over by the police. I'm annoyed and I'm probably rude and, you know, irritated and put out, but I don't fear for my life. And that's a privilege for me to not have to fear for my life and to recognize that 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 is not the experience for other people and recognize that I, that's a privilege. And that's something I need to recognize that I am not held back by the color of my skin. It's, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow because I hear people say, well, I've had to work hard and I've had to, you know, I've struggled and I've had faced hardships and, but those hardships and struggles and, and hard work weren't held back by the color of your skin made worse by the color of your skin. And I think to have true empathy, we need to believe black people. We need to listen to black people, to their experience and believe them when they say what their experience is. Yes. You know, I, we just recently launched our daughter for the first time. And I think about how easy it was for me to find her an apartment and a job, you know, and that this is just something that we take for granted. Um, and so those, that's really the contemplations that um, I've been sitting with, along with, as you say, not just learning from people of color, but paying them for their work. I've been following a beautiful teacher named Tracy Stanley for years. And 
recently she released a yoga nidra series on the commune platform and at this time you know, not only do we have worldwide protests going on but you know it's showing the importance for this protest because this pandemic is not gone it hasn't gone anywhere but it's more important you know mm-hmm. to take the actions that we're talking about no matter how small and so for a lot of people you know that are actively on the front lines rest is important and Tracy Stanley has this beautiful yoga nidra program that I wanted to share and we are also going to include some other resources in our show notes for this episode and can you speak about Michelle Johnson Yes, Michelle Johnson is a teacher who has a company called Skill in Action and a book of the same name. And she is offering what is very important in the wellness world, which is how we can use our spiritual practice to also help us create racial justice. And this is something that is important because our practices, you know, they give us so much. They reconnect us with the part of ourselves that is always at peace. But our practices are also really supposed to help us sit in discomfort and reveal to us the contents of our mind. And so I'm going to be taking a course with her later on in July. And, you know, I'm excited to learn from her. She is, has long been doing um, amazing work. And so um, I'll definitely include a link to her work as well. I know that people are attracted to yoga or yoga and Ayurveda, yoga and meditation because they are looking, I can't speak for everybody. I know when I was seeking yoga and meditation, I was seeking peace and Zen and decreased stress, but at the heart of yoga is action and dismantling, like you said, these these parts of us that need to come to the surface, need to come to light. And so yoga is not all love and light. Yoga is work. Somebody who I really admire and is able to speak to the action of yoga is Susanna Barkataki. You can find her on Instagram. She has a program called Honoring the Roots of Yoga. And it looks at cultural appropriation in yoga and um, how yoga has been changed in the Western world. I really admire her work around that and the way she is able to speak about the philosophy and the ethics of yoga. Yoga is not love and light at all. And I encourage people to seek out her work on this because it, it may change how you look at yoga and hopefully in a transformative way. You know, if you think of Gandhi, his resistance and his protests, you know, for the occupation in India, it wasn't love and light. It was resistance and protest and revolution. I think it's good to revisit those, that history about yoga. You know, for some, when it comes to taking action, there may be a feeling of feeling paralyzed because when we do start to confront, when we do start to wake up and understand how unfair our systems have been for hundreds of years. And we start to wake up to the biases that we have walked through our life with. It can be an incredibly uncomfortable experience. It can bring on enormous 
shame and guilt. And then that can be paralyzing and it can be hard to take those actions from there. And so there, there are so many teachings in yoga philosophy that, that meet us here because um, we can hold the fact that we feel intense shame and rage about the deeds of our ancestors and we can be hopeful for future generations at the same time. You know, it's this, it's instead of either or thinking, it's this and thinking. Like I can acknowledge that I have racial biases and I can look back in my childhood and I can even remember when some of them were implanted. And I can also, you know, have a compassionate heart. Like these two things can exist at the same time. Um, I can be in intense dismay about the world events, but I can also look for the beauty in life and um, the hopefulness that things seem to actually be changing at this time. And a lot of this comes from a text that I've been studying recently called the Yoga Spandakarika that was um, offered to me by my teacher. And there's a stanza here that I thought would be helpful when it comes to confronting the contents of our own mind and starting to, as you say, unlearn what we didn't even realize was there, was the problem. Um, what makes us suffer is none other than a force that pushes us to want to choose certain things and to avoid other things. And this is precisely what obstructs the flow of energy. So as soon as a pleasant emotion, feeling, or thought comes to us, we want to hold on to that. We want to put that in a cage. We want to suspend it. But this doesn't work. Happiness does leave us. So we plunge again into suffering. But as soon as we feel the two simultaneous movements, we can regain our confidence. We know that sooner or later, life will bring us something that will take us out of our, of our suffering. And so this can kind of be a healthy concept to know that we can sit with both at the same time. And then we can feel more confident in the actions that we're taking to create change in ourselves and within our communities and, and our businesses. So do you have any action items that you would recommend to our listeners? From you know, just my humble perspective, um, I have been educating myself. You know, a, a lot of people have watched the documentary 13th. That was a moment of waking up. I think it's important to to pay black teachers and mm -hmm. to look into the work of Tracy Stanley and Michelle Johnson to look into the books that are bestsellers right now, which mm -hmm. that, that is so, that is so incredible. You know, me and white supremacy and mm -hmm. white fragility and follow their authors online and um, donate, you know, in a, in a very small way, I'm going to be teaching my first live class since March 14th. And it's an outdoor class. Um, I, offered this last year in the Okanagan in British Columbia. And there's a very large yoga platform outside and it can easily be um, physically distanced. And so I'm going to be teaching, um, it's at the Predator Ridge 
resort next Wednesday, the 24th. And, you know, just a small thing that I can do is that the profits from that are going to go to a Canadian chapter of Black Lives Matter. Also to know that this is work that I think needs to stay with us every single day. Not to say, let's, let's feel awful. Mm -hmm. And every single day, it's not about that. Let's, let's be aware Let's be intentional. Let's look around and look at our spaces and ask ourselves how inclusive they are. Um, you know, living this examined life and living a life of yoga means that we open up to perspectives that are beyond our own. And that isn't easy because we're just seeing our life through the lens that we know that we we only have the the experiences that we have. But once we know better, we do better, we educate ourselves, and we have conversations with each other, just like you know, you and I are having right now. This is our responsibility as white women to talk to each other about what we can do, rather than um, ask people of color to take on the burden of teaching us. There is information out there. There is hundreds mm-hmm. of years of history mm-hmm. for us to see, and it's not easy to see. And nobody wants to take the time to see something that is going to create a difficult emotion. That's just the way that we're wired. But this life is about waking up, you know, not just waking up to the truth of yoga, that we're all connected. If it's true that we are all connected, then the suffering of anybody else needs to affect me. And ways to make it sustainable, right? Like we, there feels like there's this momentum right now to to make a statement or to read a book or to watch a documentary or to, um, but then also continue, like Mm -hmm. continue, keep continuing, keep learning, keep donating. Like how can we make these practices just ingrained in the way we move through the world? White women need to keep showing up. Like we can show up right now, but we need to keep showing up and we need to sustain that momentum. And so if that means you don't make a big statement right now, but you make change in your own life, yes. Like, you know, make it sustainable. Donate to Patreons. Patreons are a beautiful way to make, you know, your donations sustainable. You do it every month. Commit to a practice every month that includes a book or a movie. Don't throw it all out right now and then get burnt out on it because. We need to keep showing up. We have to keep doing this work for the rest of our lives. And that's my fear is that this momentum will lose steam or um, this movement will lose momentum. So look for sus- sustainable change. How can we make sustainable changes? How can we create sustainable actions that we can keep doing this forever? We're going to continue to to consider that and reflect on that. And again, it'll never be done. Mm-mm. It'll never be enough. But Mm-mm. this spherical thinking, the and thinking, it'll never be enough. And we're doing it. We are not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. But we need to keep doing it. And we need to keep showing up. Even if it's not enough, we need to keep showing up, keep doing it. Even if we make mistakes, keep going. We can, we can keep showing up. We can keep doing that. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Warrior podcast. 
If you found it valuable, please leave us a positive review to help others find it. And please check out the Radiant Warrior podcast on Instagram and Facebook to leave us your questions and find out where you can come and practice with us next.